The following podcast is a Dear Media production. You're listening to the Wellness Her Way podcast. I'm your host, Gracie Norton, and I'm so excited to provide you with a space where you get to shape what wellness feels like to you. Wellness Her Way is where we make a home of our body, mind, and soul instead of jumping on trends for short-term results. We've got one body. We're going to nourish it, love it, respect it, and embrace it through all its forms. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Wellness Her Way. We have one of my best friends, Lauren Plunk, with us today. You guys, right now we're sitting in my living room. We're sipping on some lymphatic tea from Rebecca Faria. I've got a paper towel as my mic stand. Lauren has an official mic stand. Honored. (laughs) We're so cozy. This is going to be such a fun conversation. Lauren is, we always call ourselves like the black cat and golden retriever, but it's funny because... I'm the golden retriever and she's the black cat, but our hair colors are opposite. So obviously I'm brunette and she's blonde, but she definitely has the black cat energy. Where our aesthetics are very, you're black, I'm cream, but my soul is dark (laughs) and yours is light. So yes, we were opposites that way. But all jokes aside, Lauren is the person that I call when I get good news. Lauren's the person I call when I have a problem that needs solved. She is so effective with her time, like watching the way that she runs her day, everything's in order. She attracts the best people into her life. She is the best energy. Like when you hang out with some people, you know how they drain your energy and you're like, I need to recharge after I hang out with this person. I always feel charged up when I'm with Lauren and I never leave an interaction feeling drained. And we always just have so much fun together. I'm just so happy to have you on the show. And I'm so excited for everybody to hear like all of the life hacks, tips and tricks that you have to share. You also have a super inspiring wellness journey, which is where I want to start with you. I know you have a whole experience with sobriety. So you basically did a complete 180 with your entire life from your professional life to the people you have in your life to your health. So I want to start with health and I want you to talk about like the decisions that you were making for your health what, six years ago versus the decisions that you make for your health now and what that transition looked like? Yes, absolutely. I'm really happy to be here. And this is my first time sharing this information with the world. So I'm very honored to be doing it on your podcast. So six years ago is where my, I would say, wellness journey started. I was very unaware of my situation, how my body was operating and how I felt six years ago until physically signs started showing up in my body. I was very thin. It was about 95 pounds. I had no energy. I had a lot of gut swelling, a lot of bloating, a lot of digestive issues. And the symptom that really showed up for me that changed my perspective on everything is my hair that was down to my waist, had always been down to my waist for as long as I can remember, started to fall out and thin. And I I felt like I woke up one morning and then my hair was like gone. And so, yes, it was very traumatic for me. I think that we need that one moment that like changes our perspective on how we treat ourselves. And that was my moment. It is obviously a physical thing. And I hate that I allowed it to get to that point, but I, yeah, that's where I started to take control of my life and say, I'm, I'm ready to try to explore other ways to feel better and really get to the bottom of all of my symptoms myself. So I started very simple. I decided that I was going to work on my skin and my hair growth. I went to the one functional practitioner for the first time to get my first round of blood work. What was going on with your skin? My skin has always been really bad. My skin, since I was a child, had eczema. I have rosacea on my face, very dry, acne. I had a moment where I was 
eat up with acne from head to toe, like literally really? tap my back. Because you have the prettiest skin I've ever seen. Like you guys, Lauren's skin is always glowing because she's never wearing a stitch of makeup and it looks like she's got like a filter on her face. So I had no idea that you struggled with acne so much. Yeah. And that's like part of why I just believe that we should never write off anything as just like we're born with it or we're just this way because I was told I just have bad skin. I mean, I broke out in warts underneath my arm when I was a kid. I've had eczema from head to toe. I've had the rosacea on my face. I've had acne from head to toe. I had those scars still on my body, which I'm trying to work on now is, is trying to lighten those scars because it's a little bit of an insecurity for me. But I've gotten to a point where now like my skin is thriving and it's glowy and I'm really confident in my own skin. And that obviously came along with my journey as well as I was able to stop wearing makeup and hide my insecurities. And I just like embrace everything now, even when I do get a breakout or pimple, it's like, whatever, like I'm, I'm confident. So I think that's one of the biggest things that I've taken away from my, my wellness journey. So your hair was thinning. You obviously wanted to change your skin. You went to your first doctor's appointment with a functional practitioner. And then what were the first steps that you made to help with your symptoms? I got my blood work back and I realized that my thyroid was underactive, but I was high in testosterone. So I started a protocol with my functional practitioner to try to balance everything out. I also started to incorporate foods back into my diet. At the time I was severely underweight and it was because I was avoiding food at all costs, just because everything I ate bloated me, it hurt my stomach. I didn't have a regular digestive system. I wasn't such an going. awful feeling when you're when you know that regardless of whether or not you're eating healthy, I talk about this all the time. If you blow after everything, yeah. it's like you almost just feel like, you know, what's the point of even trying to eat healthy? Because like the apple's gonna make me blow the same as the right. Snickers firewood. And yeah. it's exhausting. Exhausting. It's literally like I it was, you know, I had a horrible relationship with food and therefore I didn't have energy because I wasn't consuming any calories and no carbs. And so I started to turn to other ways to have energy. I don't drink coffee. I wasn't really drinking caffeine at the time. So I ended up changing to capsules that were caffeinated capsules. I ended up experiencing a prescription drug that was for weight loss, but side effect was that it gave you a ton of energy, which I became addicted to because I would take it and then I couldn't function without it. I, the amount of energy that it gave me, gave me life again. But the other side of that was I continued to lose more and more weight. So yeah, I decided that I was going to start eating healthy and no matter how it made my stomach feel while also being very conscious of what I was putting in my body and trying to get to the bottom of like what my body actually needed. I started seeing these holistic doctors and getting my blood work done and taking the right vitamins over just what you saw on the internet and just self-diagnosing. I started really just noticing my daily habits and how I could feel better and really transition. And I'm not going to lie. When I first started my wellness journey, things got worse. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's very discouraging. It's I want to go back to what you said too, of like trying everything just because somebody else is doing it. And the blood work is so important. I talked about this in my interview with Dr. Amick, my integrative medicine doctor. It's so common to want to try supplements because you want to get to the end result as quick as possible, especially if it's worked for somebody else. But to go and get your blood work done and to have answers based off of your own body is so, so important. I'll actually go a little deeper on that because I have a personal experience with this. Biotin is to help your hair grow and, you know, to be more full. And that's like a really an ingredient or a supplement that people take for hair growth. It's in a lot of the hair growth supplements and whatnot. So when my hair started to fall out, I started to take biotin. And 
not only can these supplements not be for you, but they can actually be more harmful to your body if you already have enough biotin in your in your blood and in your body. So I started overdosing on biotin and that is what caused the trigger of my acne. I had so much biotin in my body that it the only way for it to process was to push out through my skin. And I kept taking it because it's a hair, skin, nail supplement. Right, I'm sure if you look it up on Google, that's probably the first recommendation. I mean, I broke out from head to toe, forehead, face, neck, chest, shoulders, all the way down my back, even like my butt cheeks started to no. get acne. Yes, I was eat to head to toe. So I just started taking more of it and being like, I, can't, I don't know what's going on. I thought it was, you know, I was hormonal and no, it was just right. an overdose of something that I already had enough of in my body. So this is your reminder to make decisions based off of the results you get from your lab work and not turn to Google or even just recommendations of friends. Always go get your lab testing done and figure out what you're deficient in. If you need to try a new supplement, it's always best to do that first. But I also want to go back to what you said about it getting worse before it got better because I had that same mm -hmm. experience what happened to you when it was getting worse? And like, was it discouraging or how did you keep going during that period? I was very discouraged, but I stuck to the program. My wellness journey has come in chapters and I've only really focused on what I can handle at that given time. And I've tried to slowly and sustainably make changes in my life. So when I got to gut healing part of my journey, that is where I felt the most discouraged. I knew that I needed to heal my gut and I didn't really understand why my gut was swelling after every meal I had, every snack I had. I had so much bloating. I had so much gas. I just wasn't eating anything. And I was always just constantly swollen and never really had a digestive system that was regular. So I didn't have regular bowel movements. It was like seven to 10 days in between. Seven to 10 days. Yes. Yes. And that was like oh my, my mom. And so I, I, I just said, no, that's just like, you know, it's normal. It's common. It's not normal. Yeah. So during that chapter, I decided, okay, I, I was going to get blood work done. And I was signed up with a new functional practitioner that was really focused towards gut health. And in the process, I started eliminating everything. I went through the elimination diet because that is something that you can do while you're getting your results or working towards getting your results because blood work is not cheap. So when I was onboarding with this doctor and waiting for him to prescribe the blood work that I needed and you know he wouldn't give me any recommendations until we had the results and it takes three weeks to four weeks to get those results, I just decided to do an elimination diet. And I would write down everything that I would eat every day. And it was very simple foods. And I went totally gluten-free, dairy-free, and soy-free. Those were the three first things that I decided to remove from my diet just to simplify everything. I would say the first six to eight months of that journey were very discouraging because my bloating and everything got worse. My energy levels tanked even more my body started to respond and I did do some research on it and I connect with other people who've been on the same journey. And I realized that my body had been showing up for me for so long and, and battling all of the food choices that I had and all of the things that I was putting into my body that were inflaming my body, that it was finally time to rest and for it to heal itself. And a part of that are these symptoms like bloating and, and, and tiredness and when I changed my perspective on what my body was going through, instead of it harming me and hurting me and not showing up for me, I really changed it to, wow, my body is healing. It's working really hard to have a fresh start. It's working really hard to get back into balance and to show up for me again. And about six to eight months, I would say, is when I finally felt like normal again. And at the time, my normal was very low. And so mm -hmm. I would say I got back to feeling like a normal person 
And then I would say about my my one year mark is when I actually felt like I had never felt before. I was like, you really don't understand how good you are supposed to feel. Until you feel it, right? Until you feel it. It's crazy. And it does take a long time. Natural healing, that's probably one of the questions I get asked the most. But I think that perspective shift that you had and just acknowledging the fact that your body was working so hard to recover and showing it love that way, it also puts a lot less stress on your body and makes it easier for you to heal. So I love that you had that mindset shift, but you're right. When you feel it, you're like, this is how I'm supposed to be feeling. It's the best feeling in the entire world. And honestly, I still am unlocking those levels. Yes. Every time I- It better. does. It does. And I was 26 and a half when I started my wellness journey. So when I was 27, that's 27 years of neglecting the symptoms, neglecting the awareness around what is your body is going through. And so when I changed that perspective, it was like, wow, like how did I expect my 27 years of damage that I've done to my body? One month of celery juice is not going to turn it around, honey. (laughs) It's going to take some time. Yes. If we're doing this naturally, it's going to take some time. Yeah. And so what's six months to eight months for your body to heal or even a year? If it takes you two years, it doesn't matter. It's like you're undoing the neglect that you've had for however long that you've been doing it. And for me growing up, like my parents didn't, we didn't have a balanced diet. I'm from the South. We did have a lot of home cooked meals, but it was, I mean, anything went. I had Oreos for breakfast. I had peanut butter and jelly crackers for breakfast. (laughs) I had waffles for breakfast. I mean, I started everything and it's starting out with all that sugar and having all those carbs and all those processed foods. And that's what my body was developed on. I'm very grateful for that. Very yeah. delicious and yummy. And yeah, same. But you know, you have to you have to think like, how many years have I been doing this to my body? And be very patient with your body as it heals because it can heal itself, but yeah. it is a patient process. Yeah, I always say that I would do it all over again, knowing how long it took. Just because, like you said, if what's what's a year of working on yourself and really prioritizing your wellness? If you get a lifetime of feeling good, a yeah. lifetime of really being in tune with your body. And there's honestly, there's just no better feeling. And I know there's that you know better. what it feels like too. So yeah. that time to me, I would do it over and over and over again if I had to, 100%. Yeah. Are you looking for some good, clean positivity? Good, me neither. I'm Maddie Murphy and I host The Bad Broadcast, a weekly comedy podcast dedicated to talking about everything we'd love to hate. I searched my whole life to find my passion. Little did I know I had been practicing my true talent every single day, complaining. Join me every Monday wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast to answer our weekly questions and for a chance to be featured on the show. See you there. Aside from the shift that you made in your health, you also had a mindset shift that really changed the whole trajectory of your career. So I want you to tell everybody what you do because you wear so many hats. You are such a boss babe and you're one of those people that I look at and I'm just so inspired by everything that you do. You have such a chaotic schedule, but you balance it all so well. So tell everybody what you do. I am a multi-business owner. My main business is I have an agency that consults startup CPG brands. I also am the CEO of a health and wellness platform by Sana Flute. It's called SoulSync Body. I'm a talent manager and I do product manufacturing and product formulation, which is like my background. So I have a lot going on and it doesn't come easy. 
but I had to learn how to optimize my schedule and optimize myself because obviously wellness practices are very important to me and making sure that I am on a path of happiness is really important to me. And I know how bad it can get when you're overwhelmed and everything like that. So I have a lot going on in my personal life. I have a lot going on in my career and in my professional life. And I had to learn how to balance everything. Living life in balance doesn't come easy. You have to be very aware of your tendencies, your habits. And that's where I started as I started analyzing exactly what decisions I was making, what was I prioritizing naturally versus like what I should be prioritizing or what I wanted to prioritize. That's where I started. So after that, I got really, really in tune with my time and knowing where my thresholds were as far as like attention capacity and how long I could be effective in a conversation or be effective on a task before I started to feel distracted. And that is how I created my time blocking. And so I put a bunch of buckets down on a piece of paper one day and I said, what are all the things that I want to focus on? And my personal health and wellness was one of those. Obviously I had multiple business opportunities that I wanted, I had on my list as well. And I started time blocking every single one of those. And then the last bucket was new growth and new opportunities. And I would put that on my schedule. I would give myself two to four hours per week to explore new opportunities, to really do my deep work and to just think. I had to put that on my schedule. That's how like scheduled I am. So everything that I do is on my schedule. I live and breathe by a schedule. And that is because I took the time to deep dive. What does your day-to-day look like? And how do you optimize your time from like the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed? I love this question. Mm, I'm so excited to hear your answer, you guys. This is where I need the most help. So I am taking notes over here. (laughs) Incredible. I have my weekly schedule out for work. Most of my clients are in LA, so I do- Hold on one second. Where where do you write your schedule? Is this on your computer? Is there an app that you use? Like where's your schedule laid out for the week? Google calendars. Google calendars, okay. Live by my Google calendar. Okay. If it is not on my Google calendar, I'm not going. You're not hearing from me. You don't get to talk to me. <laughs> if it's a 15 minute scheduling, send me an invite. It is my Google calendar I live and breathe by. And I do have many email addresses. So I have one Google calendar where all of those emails are linked to. So I, I operate off of one calendar and I'm able to turn off those other calendars when I need to. Meaning if I'm managing somebody else and their schedule, I can see what I have booked for them, whether I need to be involved or not. And then I can turn that calendar off on the side so it can go away and I'm not overwhelmed by how many things are on my calendar for each day. But my weekly schedule is set up right now to be pretty much the same day by day. So I've found, I've tried a lot of different methods and I have found that this is the perfect week schedule. Give it to me. You ready for it? (laughs) I'm ready. It's good (laughs) because I've been working on this for years. My perfect week schedule is I do all of my client calls and all of my busy work on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So if I'm booking calls, I need to contact somebody. They need to contact me. They want to schedule in 15 minutes or if I have actual meetings are scheduled weekly, they're going to go on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I will grind it out for eight, nine, 10 hours. I don't care because it allows me to have those other three days, Monday, Wednesday, Friday open to be able to do other things that move my business forward. So I've found that Mondays and Fridays are my most traveled days. That way I can take long weekends. And so I leave Mondays and Fridays open from like scheduled weekly calls 
And if I'm in town or if I'm not traveling, I will entertain being able to add calls in here or there when needed. A lot of my business is doing calls and obviously I'm always moving the ball forward. I could sit down and do emails for eight hours. It doesn't matter. I leave them open and then I decide what I'm going to do with my Mondays and Fridays on a weekly basis. And it's those, those two days are variable, like variable days. Wednesdays are 100% dedicated to me and I work on those days, but I take the Wednesday morning block between the time I wake up till about one or 2 p.m., to just focus on my wellness and to recharge for the week. I go so hard on Monday and Tuesday that I felt that like taking that morning and just knowing that I have that morning to myself is something to look forward to. And it's like a little treat to myself every single week. And I will not just utilize it as far as like resting or anything like that. I definitely try to go and do a wellness practice that I know is going to recharge me. So I might sit in the sauna. I might go do a sauna and ice bath. I might book myself a massage a facial, I might meet a friend for breakfast and just have a slower morning and really recharge myself because it gives me something to look forward to. Then Wednesday afternoon is my deep work. So once I get myself into that mindset, I do my deep work. And this is where I really look within everything that I have going on. And this is where the business thrives. This is where my personal development thrives. This time is now like ready for me to, is expansion. I literally have it on my calendar that says expansion. Is that what, how would you describe deep work? If you had to give it a definition, it's embedded in you. And deep work is like, it's not task oriented. It's not like, let me get my to-do list done. Deep work is reflection. It is, it's about really looking at everything at face value or where you are and where you want to be and determining if you're on the right path or the things that need to happen for you to be on the right path. It's not about execution at all. It is about real, it's reflection. It's a reflection time and it is a way to plan what the next chapter is so that you don't say stagnant. And the thing about me is I'm not, I, in the past, I have been stuck. You know, there's fight or flight and then there's freeze and freeze is my mechanism. I literally use freeze and I get stuck in, I used to, I don't do anymore. I used to get stuck in places that I don't belong for way too long. And now because of my deep work, I'm able to reflect on a weekly basis and, and be able to determine the things that serve me and that are, are aligned with where I said I'm going and where I'm I'm driving my business and my personal development and the things that are not serving me. And then I can plan on how to move away and reposition myself. So that is my prime time. And again, I take that whole morning to really get in alignment. I get really clear on like, I, I take care of everything that I need to take care of for my personal self. And then I get into this deep work and it has been game changing for my career, for my personal development, everything and around my, like me and my world. I think so often we tend to look at the day-to-day tasks and what we need to get done. And we never really take a step back and look at the big picture. And I think it's so important to have that time to do that deep dive and really focus on where you're headed and what you need to cut out in order to get there. Because habits compile and they always say that like you get better at the things you practice and sometimes we're not always practicing the best things. So I think that reflection time is so, so important. And that's something that I'm going to implement right away. So once a week, you do that once a week, every Wednesday, like three to four hours for the day. I can take a break if I want, but it definitely was a game changer for me. And I am a firm believer that if we live the same day over and over again. There is never any evolution. And so this is the four hours for my week that I ensure that I am not just 
living the same day over and over and over again because I'm allowing the day to run me and not me run my day. And what tip would you have for somebody who goes to bed and feels like at the end of the day, the day ran them or that they go to bed with still 10 things that they haven't finished on their to-do list? If there's something in my head, I have to get it down on paper. One of my biggest anxieties I noticed was getting lost, even if it's an idea, not even a task. It's an, it's an idea and I have to write it down. I have to make sure that it's stored somewhere so that I don't lose it. And that started to take away a lot of the anxiety. From there, a lot of tasks and stuff that are associated with those ideas start to pile up and you see a list that just continues to grow and grow and grow and it doesn't ever get shorter because every day more things are added on there. So I realized that if if I have something on my to-do list and it's been there for more than three days, it's not a priority to me. I need to take it off my list. I need to add it to a different list. And every morning when I wake up, I pick three things off of my list. I say, if I get these three things done today, I'm going to feel like I am accomplished. Right. So you have your priority tasks. Yes. And okay. you'll know what your priorities are because it's the things that you get done. Right. You know what I mean? And if you're getting done the bottom line things, because you have this long list, you're naturally going to go select the path of least resistance. You're going to get the, the simplest things done first. So you might still have those big boulders in your life because you're never going to prioritize naturally just taking on the biggest thing on your list. It's or, the worst thing to do. You wake up and you're like, there's that one thing I need to do. It's the worst one. I'm going to wait till 9 p.m. or save it as like the last task. Right. And why would you do that? That's yeah. when you're the most depleted. Yeah. So I literally will choose the three things. And I'm like, if I get these three things done today and not all this other fluff, like I'm going to be accomplished. I'm going to feel accomplished. And anything above that, you're like superhuman. Right. You know what I mean? But you pick those three things. You're in charge of that. And that ensures that you focus on those three things. And then if you have the capacity after, you can go after that. But you have a certain amount of energy that you can expend in a day. And that includes exchanges, energies with other people. It's the amount of decisions that you make down to the food that you eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to drive, who you're going to talk to. All of these decisions expend energy. And so you have to be very careful and be very strategic on where that energy is going to be expended. And if you have those three tasks at the top, you will give your best effort to those three tasks and you should feel accomplished after that. What about for people who have nine to fives and they don't really have that flexibility to reserve Wednesdays for wellness? What would you recommend doing to balance a busy schedule with wellness? I would say figuring out your priorities, getting those done prior to giving energy in any other direction or any other job relationship, it doesn't matter. Get them done first. When you wake up, you take care of you first because that's going to set the tone for your day. So if there's something you want to prioritize, maybe that's working out, maybe that's preparing for the day, maybe that's 15 minute meditation, maybe it's reading your Bible, whatever it is, get it done first thing in the morning. You need to wake up enough time to be able to allow yourself to move through that. And then you can start your day where you start giving your energy to other things. I would prioritize doing my wellness first thing in the morning because when we're home and we're depleted, we're not going to give it our best and we're, it's not a priority anymore. We've already given the day our best self, so can't come home and just be better. But I do think that if you get it done in the morning, it's going to be your best foot forward and you're going to be setting the tone for your day again and you're running your day and not the other way around. And then I do love my nighttime practices. So I just give myself an hour to 45 minutes to wind down every single night 
I do that myself. That's just something that anybody can implement. And that is just making sure that you go to bed with a limited amount of distraction and you don't scroll the internet and scroll TikTok and scroll Instagram and where your brain's starting to get more and more creative. And we don't want to fuel that up one hour before bed because that's going to inspire a lot of things. And that's not when we do our deep work. So I would highly recommend taking an hour before bed to really decompress and focus on setting your intentions and your energy for the next morning so that you can wake up and feel your best. And I also love putting things in my day that just make me happy. And that could be like using your favorite cup. Like I'm a very aesthetic person. Or if I have like three minutes, like when I'm on the walk with my dog, my favorite thing ever is to put on like a five minute podcast. Like I literally love just getting things done on top of each other, but like they're little moments that I look forward to. And my dog and I will literally bask in the sun at 7 a.m. every morning together. And I love just like looking at him smile. Like it's just finding the beauty in those few minutes that you do have for yourself and really glamorizing your life when you're doing that. Like when you're being your full authentic self, make sure you look within and you say, I love the life that I'm able to live. I love that I can have this moment to myself. And it really will fuel you to be able to have like a better day and and give better to the people around you if that's like one of your goals. Yeah, simple joys is the one thing that I feel like keeps me going. Even if I'm having like an off day, for example, like using a cute cup, like you said, or feeling the sunshine on your face if you have like two seconds to step outside before you get your day started. Like or enjoying your favorite beverage. Enjoying oh your favorite beverage. That is my, that's my jam. You take I'm the first a beverage girl. I know you are. You know I, I will crack a beverage and enjoy the shit out of myself. <laughs> it's just like that first sip. It just like you feel it in your veins and it's like, it's going to be a good freaking day. It's gonna be and even day. if it's not, this moment right here is good. So I'm going to hold on to it. Let's anchor it right there. <laughs> anchor, anchor the memory. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that so much. Well, I love that you have found a way to balance wellness with a busy schedule because I feel like that's the biggest misconception is that I'm so busy. I, you know, I don't have time to do all this and people feel, tend to feel so overwhelmed. So what's one piece of advice you have for somebody who feels overwhelmed? Simplify, simplify everything, simplify your to-do list, simplify your tasks, subtasks, things out. You have a big project, like say, oh, I'm overwhelmed with my laundry or my space is decluttered. Don't try to clean up your space in one day. Don't try to take the whole weekend and start a project that's gonna linger on Monday when you go back to work and you come home and there's boxes everywhere or there's laundry piled up everywhere because you started it. I would say small, sustainable changes, map it out, simplify the process. So if cleaning out your closet is a priority of yours, you wanna make it a goal, it's overwhelming to you, there's no more room in there for you to add new stuff or you don't know how to put your laundry away, it's stacking up everywhere, subtask it out. Go through one drawer a day after work, go through, skip a day, go back to it, make sure you just every day, smaller tasks so that you can get it done. If it's feeling overwhelming, then you need to simplify it. You need to break it down. What are the subtasks that go under this larger task that's making me feel overwhelmed? And then start breaking away at those smaller tasks. It's the only way to outdo the overwhelmness or you're just going to continuously, there's always gonna be more. There's always gonna be more things to do. So you need to subtask it out and then there's no race to do it. A little bit at a time. I'm taking notes over here. You need to simplify everything. One of the things I want to talk about, if you're comfortable, is your experience with your sobriety before we get into all of your hot tips, because you just have so many amazing tips about like all the girly things that you guys are going to be so excited to hear about. But I do want to talk about your relationship with alcohol and how it's changed over the last six years. Absolutely. I have never spoken about this. In fact, I don't 
really consider myself a sober person just because I don't label myself as that. But I have been alcohol free for three years. The first year of that was dabbling around with being alcohol free and sober. I naturally, when I started my gut health journey, I told you it was very discouraging. And I felt even as being gluten, dairy, and soy free that I had no energy. And every time I would go out with my friends and drink alcohol, I would wake up with even less energy. And when you really don't know where to find the energy and you don't have the energy, you start preserving every bit that you can. And I felt that these moments were just taking away from my livelihood. And that's how I would wake up feeling. I would feel more tired, shaky, even after one or two glasses of wine. So I started just subconsciously just making the decision to not put things in my body that made me feel ill again. And that turned into me really eliminating alcohol. There's really not a date that I just went sober. I was sober curious. And that was just because of how it made me feel. I just got very intuitive on how the things I was, you know, doing and putting in my body made me feel. And you couldn't pay me to go back to the way that I used to feel. So I naturally, alcohol really eliminated itself. And I've experienced so many positive changes in my life since then. I was one of those people who were like, yeah, I really, I didn't drink much. And compared to the crowd that I was around and the people that I knew, I didn't drink that much, but every memory I have is, has surrounded by alcohol and every core memory I have has a lot of alcohol involved. So I think you become more aware of those behavioral things in your life when you get sober. One of the things that I really struggled with was in social situations, people would be like, you know, here, have a drink. And you would say, oh, I'm fine. I'm not drinking. And then somebody makes a big deal about it when it just makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable. How did you deal with that in social situations when you would tell people that you're not drinking? I will say that there was a lot of, I would say, shame and guilt sometimes just because number one, you never want to make somebody else feel poor about the decisions that they're making. And you don't want to make them feel like you feel you're superior to them. And then number two, they always think that you kind of like had a problem and that you had to like go completely sober because you can't handle yourself. That's like a secondary feeling. A secondary feeling is a feeling that's not necessarily true, but that you might feel somebody would have towards you. And so I never really knew if that's how people felt about me when I would just be like, no, thank you. I wouldn't, I would just say, I'm not drinking right now. And I didn't have the confidence to be like, I don't drink. That's no longer the case. I will just straight up be like, I, I don't drink. And it, it's, it just is what it is. And I do think that people specifically are still in that realm of like, I have fun drinking. So they want you to have fun. And I've everything I've done, if I, I just done a perspective shift. So instead of me feeling like, oh, I need new friends or this person is trying to get me to do a behavior that I don't want to do. I'm just like, they just love me enough that they want me to have fun. And this is how they find fun. And I don't find fun that way anymore because I've, I've grown past this or I've worked through this and I have other ways that I find fun that they might not find this fun, but we always want that enjoyment and share. Right. That's such a good way to look at it though. Instead of being like, Oh, that person is making me feel like I'm not fun. They just want you to experience that fun with them. Like, don't get me wrong. There are some people that definitely shame you for it, Oh yeah, (laughs) but it's good. That's a good way to look at it so that you aren't putting that pressure on yourself. Right. And so that was one of the things that I had to do when I was hanging out with the same crowd was basically just be very confident in my decisions and just present myself in a way where I didn't shame anybody else for their choices. It's not anything like that. But I will say once you are the sober friend, 
you have a target on your back. Every time you're around, I mean, I have friends that I've been with for the whole three years that I've been sober and they still forget and they still offer me drinks. And I always say, I'm like, oh no, thank you. And they're like, oh, I forgot you don't drink. And then it's an announcement to the party or the Mm. table. Oh, she doesn't eat gluten, dairy, soy, and she doesn't drink alcohol. How does that make you feel? It's, I'm not, I hate labels, but I embrace it. It's, it's not, it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. So if, you know, my choices, I, I never interfere with other people's choices. I, know how to navigate now myself. I used to feel like a burden and I have a mentor myself. I've had my mentor for five years and he really helped me work through me feeling like a burden. You should never feel like you have to lower yourself or hire yourself to be around a certain group. You just, you're not a burden. It's just the decisions that you're making for yourself. And I found confidence in that. And it's what makes me feel good. And again, it's all about perspective shift. It's how you feel about the situation, how you think about the situation. And what I think and feel is like, I am a better friend. I'm a better partner. I am a better person to be able to be around these people and to have fun because of the decisions that I'm making for myself. And by me having fun and having energy and being able to be empowered by my decisions, I am showing up better for my friendships and my partnerships. So whether they feel like you're no fun or like you have a lot of limitations. Cause that's what I get a lot. Like, Oh wow. You live such a limited life. Like you have a lot of limitations. These are not limitations. No, These are this choices. Is helping you live your best life. You're like, actually, this is filling up my cup so much choices. I am so empowered by every single yeah. decision that I make that help, makes me feel better or makes me feel more empowered. And again, it's all about perspective. It really is. Yeah. Cause something like you said, you could look at somebody that has this long list of things that they can't do. And you're like, but look at this even bigger list of things that it allows me to feel. It allows me to be a better partner, a better friend. Like that is such a freeing, you know, way to look at it. And yeah. it's such an amazing perspective. Yeah. And I, that's what I, everything in. I love it so much. People are like, oh, I can't, how do you do it? Like, what do you eat? And I'm like, I have so much abundance in my life. Like, I don't, like, don't feel bad for me. I have found a lot of happiness and empowerment in my discipline and it's, it doesn't feel like discipline anymore. Yeah. And I feel like we've had these conversations where, you know, you've told me that all these changes too have really brought the right people, the right things, the right opportunity, the right friends into your life. And I feel like part of that is because you have such an abundance mindset. What does it mean to live a life that is driven by an abundance mindset? I would say that first and foremost, an abundance mindset is really operating every situation, every choice out of coming from a place that you have more than you have less. I always look at an opportunity as like, I did not earn this. This is, this is meant for me. I did not just happen to come across this. This was meant for me. It was given to me. It was presented to me. I did earn it. Like I am, I'm valuable. Everything comes from a place of like higher power me. You know what I mean? I do believe that a lot of my perspective shifts have come from me not being the victim anymore and things happening to me to more of me being in charge and being accountable for everything that happens in my life. And this has naturally allowed me to become more abundant I did make the shift. I felt like a victim before, like, why am I sick? Why do I feel this way? Why do people treat me this way? Why do people disappoint me? Because I was expecting them to operate as I operate. And when I took that layer out, I was able to definitely shift into me being responsible and accountable for everything that happened to me. And when I started doing that, I naturally started to attract the right people because when you are accountable for the people that you surround yourself with or for the things that you choose in your life or the things that are going on in your life, there's nowhere else to blame. So you you take action on those things and you 
start to remove the things that don't make you feel good or make you feel bad about yourself or make you feel like this person does not deserve me or this opportunity does not deserve me. And then you start to operate as if like, I'm accountable. If this doesn't deserve me, then I need to pivot. I need to remove myself. And that allowed me to really step in my abundance because I became authentic to what I I really wanted and who I really was. And it all came down to, because I knew that I was responsible and accountable for everything that was going on in my life. So I now do live in abundance and it is incredible how I am able to attract friends that feel like sisters, just like you, like we immediately knew. I did not have that superpower in my past. And in fact, I didn't have good relationships with any females from my teenage years or even my early 20s. It was more just about like who was in my path at that time. And it was more of a scarcity mindset. I would be like, oh, I'd rather have more friends than no friends. And so I noticed that specifically I had a bartending job and I had an abundance of friends there, right? Like it was like, there's my friends. Like I would go out with them after work and we would have fun at work. And when I quit that job to start the next chapter of my life at a full-time job, those friends did not hit me up. Those friends did not ask me to go out anymore. I did not get invited to birthday parties anymore. And in fact, when I invited them to my birthday, not really any of them showed up. And I realized like, those are not my friends. Those are just people who were in my path for that time. And that's when I started to really realize that I wanted to attract women, relationships, opportunities that really served me for who I was and like chose me. And that's why I decided that I wanted to start focusing on having an abundance mindset and taking accountability for everything that's going on in my life. One of the best conversations that I think you and I have ever had was the night of my birthday and we were in LA together literally eating my birthday cake. It was a cake from Sweet Laurel on the kitchen counter diving in with our forks and we were both just talking about how the most liberating feeling is waking up in the morning and not wishing that we lived anybody else's lives but our own and it almost brought me chills even just thinking about that conversation but I think that feeling right there just waking up and truly loving the people that are in your life, the things that are happening in your life, knowing that you're in control. And like you said, knowing that you've manifested these things and the things that are meant for you are going to come to you is just, it's the most incredible feeling in the entire world. And that we spent the last five minutes eating that cake. And I I just remember us both looking at each other and being like, we, we both felt the same way. We would never, ever want to live anybody else's life. And I genuinely feel like now that I am living authentically, like it doesn't, it's not about the physical things that are going on. It is no. literally about how you feel. It's about- and I realize that now I am finding people who are also on that same path. Like I did not have friends like that before. And we would complain, we would gossip, we would do all those things. But now I'm like having bigger conversations. And it's like the people who I'm in their lives and they're in my lives, it's mutually valuable because we are showing up authentically and we are, really looking at life as like full potential. Like we can have anything we want through the same lens. We can live any life we want. Yeah. Yeah. That, that conversation is like one of my favorite ones that we've had. Like it's one of my favorite moments with you. Me too. It was, yeah, it was amazing. But what advice would you have for the people that wake up and wish that their life was different? Like, is there three things that you could, would tell somebody who, you know, wakes up in the morning and just says, oh my gosh, I, don't really like the life that I'm living. And I wish a lot of things were different. What would you, what would you say to that person? I think my biggest piece of advice was like, you really need to 
look within and have a perspective shift and really change your perception of who you are because you are living, you are breathing, you have opportunity and you're an incredible person and you can find that within yourself first. Everything that I found annoying or dragging, I just perception change, you know? My dad would text me every Wednesday and every Friday, happy hump day, happy Friday, TGIF. And I was just like, dad, like I can't text you back. I'm working. Like, why do I get these messages every single week? And then now looking back, I'm like, that's the sweetest thing in the world. My retired dad thinking about me every hump day, every TGIF, even though he doesn't have those days anymore, he's not working. He's just texting the people that he loves to make sure that they're having a great hump day and that they're having a happy Friday. That's the sweetest thing ever. It really is. And, but for me, just because when you're overwhelmed, like you start to take everything personal and you start saying like, you know, I don't have time for this. Or, you know, why does my grandma keep calling me? Or why did my friend do this? And it's, you just change your perspective. It is not about you. People are really just doing their best and you have to take it for what it is. I, everyone's showing up as their best. If it, even if it's bad, it's that that's their best. And so when you know and you navigate life that way, you stop taking things so personal. And it really does alleviate a lot of the stress that we feel and the hardships that we feel and the, the negativity that we are in contact with all day long. The other thing that I will say is that I do believe that we must make small sustainable changes that really drive towards the results of bigger picture changes and not taking on too much at one time because that will lead you to feeling more overwhelmed. Like I said, my journey and where I'm at now, it did not happen overnight. I just really reinforce not biting off too much at one time because I knew that I could not sustain those types of changes. So I would pick one thing that I thought that I was in control of that I could take on, whether that be exercising one day a week, two days a week, whatever goal you know that you can meet, maybe it's 10 minutes a day, whatever goal you know you can meet and to start your changes so small and so sustainable that you can continue to stack them and to grow in the direction that you want to grow and to start seeing those external changes that you want to see. You're so right. I think it is so important not to focus on the external and really just focus in on the changes that we are in control of. I absolutely love that advice. So make it as simple as possible. Know that there's little changes you can make. Look for those micro moments of happiness practice gratitude and just know that you're in control and celebrate when you have your wins and celebrate, celebrate yourself wins. celebrate oh, yeah. yourself yes so important even the small ones they they count you inspire me so much and i just feel so blessed to be your friend i am so grateful for our friendship and our connection and thank you for having me on i really love everything that you do and you're such an inspiration to me Aww. um i literally manifested meeting you and I didn't Same. I had no idea I had no idea that we would like immediately be sisters because I like but I just had this feeling so I am so incredibly grateful to be here and now that we are in each other's orbit oh I adore you so much where can everybody find you and can you tell them what you're working on or what's coming up yeah absolutely I'm on IG I'm on LinkedIn and that's by lauren.page for my IG and then Lauren Plunk on LinkedIn I'm product manufacturing for a couple of different brands. We're working on releasing some new products here soon. I'm a partner at Akasha Superfoods and I am the product formulator of the Prebiotic Skin Mist. Uh, We just launched our skincare gummies, which are the Seamoss Glow Gummies. And that was a product that I developed over the last two years. 
And then I am going to be working on a lot of exciting projects with Sana. And we have a lot coming to Soul Sing Body for the next year, two years. I'm really excited to share that with the world. Yeah, we have a lot of exciting projects coming up, a lot of exciting products launching. And I can't wait to share with more with you guys when Aww. we get closer to the date. Yay. I'm so inspired by everything that you do. And again, just so grateful to, to be your friend. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Gracie. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening and hanging out with me today. You can catch a new episode of Wellness Her Way every Monday. I want to hear from you. So please subscribe, leave a review for this podcast, and let me know what you thought of this episode. Be sure to follow at Wellness Her Way Podcast on Instagram to connect with me and send in all the questions and topics you'd like to hear about. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this amazing community. I'll see you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.